That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirshner. Today, Glenn discusses what will happen during Trump's arraignment. He begins with a step-by-step breakdown of what to expect when the indictment is unsealed. Will the judge impose a gag order or travel restrictions to Trump? Here's Glenn. So friends, for everyone who cares about accountability, for everyone who cares about the rule of law, for everyone who cares about the health of our democracy, please trust, please trust my friends, that today is a good day for our republic. You know, there's a saying that was beginning to ring hollow, that no person is above the law. Well, today's indictment of Donald Trump goes a long way to breathing life back into that promise. The promise that in America, no person is above the law. Let's look at the new Washington Post reporting. Headline, Trump indicted by New York grand jury, first ex-president charged with crime. And that article begins, a Manhattan grand jury has voted to indict former President Donald Trump, his lawyers said on Thursday, making him the first person in U.S. history to serve as commander in chief and then be charged with a crime. The indictment, which has the potential to alter the country's political and legal landscape, came weeks after speculation about whether and when Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg might take such a step. It sets the stage for a courthouse showdown between one of the most combative politicians in modern American history and local prosecutors who have pursued him for years. The indictment has yet to be unsealed, which means the charges and specific allegations have not been made public, but Bragg and his investigative team were probing whether Trump falsified business records connected to the payments, the hush money payments to Stormy Daniels, in a way that could constitute a campaign finance violation. So what happens now? Well, Donald Trump will be booked. Now, friends, I don't think there will be a perp walk. I don't think the police will go out, handcuff Donald Trump, transport him to the police station in New York to be booked. I think Alvin Bragg's prosecutors will negotiate with Donald Trump's defense attorneys for a voluntary surrender, a turn-in. And at the appointed time and at the appointed location, Donald Trump will arrive with his defense attorneys, no doubt, and he will be booked. Booking involves filling out a whole bunch of police paperwork. They will get lots of information from Donald Trump, name, biographical information, address, employment, etc. I know it all seems a little 
unusual because we sort of know this stuff. It's all publicly available information. And after they're done filling out all the necessary police paperwork, Donald Trump will be fingerprinted. Donald Trump will have arrest photos taken, what we often heard referred to as mugshots. I suspect they will become publicly available pretty promptly. And then Donald Trump will go to court to be arraigned. The arraignment is the first court hearing after someone has been indicted. What happens at an arraignment? Well, first of all, the judge will put the defendant on notice of the charges against which he will have to defend. How is that ordinarily accomplished? Well, the judge or the clerk of the court will actually read the indictment to the defendant. That's right. Donald Trump, when he walks into court to be arraigned, will have earned the title. He will have richly earned the title defendant. So the court will read the charges to defendant Trump unless his attorney waives the reading of the charges. I will tell you about 98% of the time over my 30 years prosecuting cases, I was involved in more arraignment hearings than I could ever count. I would say about 98% of the time, the defense attorney waives reading of the indictment, but every once in a while, a defendant wants to hear his indictment read to him. We'll, say, we'll see which way defendant Trump plays it. And after the charges are read to Donald Trump or he waives reading of the charges, a couple of other things will happen. Uh, a next court date will be set, a status hearing. It's very unlikely they will set a trial date at the arraignment. A trial date will probably be set sometime later. Rule of thumb is a trial date is ordinarily set about six months to a year out from the date of the arraignment. Not always, could be a little quicker, could take a little longer. But I don't suspect we will learn of a trial date until after Donald Trump makes his second court appearance after the arraignment. And then the question turns to what to do with defendant Trump pending trial. Now, I don't think anybody believes Donald Trump will be ordered jailed or detained pending trial. There are only two reasons a judge can order a defendant detained pending trial. If the judge concludes that the defendant is a flight risk, such that he will not return to court if released, or if the judge concludes that the defendant is a danger to the community. Donald Trump is clearly a danger to the community. He's a danger to our democracy. He proved it on January 6th, and he has proved it over and over again by posting inflammatory things, things that are designed to incite imminent lawless action. Like, if I'm indicted, protest, 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 take our nation back. He has threatened Alvin Bragg. He has made any number of threats to the prosecutors who are investigating his crime. So yeah, Donald Trump is a danger to the community. But I don't suspect a judge will order him jailed or detained pending trial. I do believe the prosecutors may talk about what kind of conditions should be set for Donald Trump's release. For example, should the prosecutors ask the judge to prohibit Donald Trump from traveling outside the United States? I think that would be a wise condition to set.
to make sure he doesn't flee. Might the prosecutors ask that Donald Trump be ordered to surrender his passport? I think that would be a wise precaution to try to guard against Donald Trump fleeing. Donald Trump has his own plane, of course, so passport or no passport, I assume he could get out of the United States if he wanted to. Maybe the judge will take up placing certain conditions or restrictions on his travel. We'll see. Might the prosecutors take up some sort of restriction on his communications, his speech, his posts, because he incited imminent violence once before. Indeed, he incited deadly violence once before on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. Is he likely to do it again? Oh, you know what? My betting limit is $1. I am not a high roller, but I would bet a buck he will be inciting imminent lawlessness again. I have been saying all along the first post he is likely to put up when he knows what his arraignment date is will be something like, come to Manhattan for my arraignment will be wild. So might the prosecutors ask the judge to put some restrictions on his speech or his posts? Maybe. Let me add that judges are loath to engage in what's called prior restraint on speech. It's a dicey area because of the broad First Amendment free speech protections. But you know what? The people of New York, indeed the people of the United States, also have an interest in a fair trial. So if Donald Trump is saying or posting things that would poison the well of the potential jury pool, that is a reason a judge could put some sort of limitations on Donald Trump's speech or posts via the internet. I hope the prosecution raises that concern, that issue, and makes some sort of reasonable requests for common sense restrictions to keep Donald Trump from inciting imminent lawless conduct? We'll see. Sometimes a judge will put some very modest conditions in place when releasing a defendant pending trial and give the defendant the opportunity to either comply with those conditions or violate those conditions. And if Donald Trump violates conditions that are set by the judge regarding his speech or his posts, which again, I'll bet a buck he does, if those restrictions are put in place, then what judges often do is they incrementally ratchet up the restrictions. You know, give Donald Trump enough rope. And if he is persistent in violating the conditions set by the court, that moves the court in the direction of saying you can't be trusted on release to abide by the court's conditions. So now we may have to talk about pretrial detention. Again, I think very unlikely. I think there are legitimate safety concerns that, you know, are conjured up when you talk about confining a former president of the United States pretrial. I think he deserves it, but I don't think it's likely to happen. Those issues will have to be dealt with. I'm not even going to say if, when Donald Trump is convicted and if he is sentenced to prison. Well, those security concerns will have to be addressed and they will be addressed. 
But let me finish with this, friends, because we're going to be talking a lot in the coming days about what we can expect to see as this case moves through the system. What I will say right now is an indictment is ordinarily not a celebratory affair, right? And an indictment is no indication of guilt. Indeed, every jury is instructed by the judge at the beginning of the trial that an indictment is not evidence of guilt. It is merely the formal vehicle by which somebody is brought to trial. And juries may infer no guilt just because a defendant has been indicted. But when we have seen Donald Trump and other high government officials, the ruling class criminals, get away with everything for so long, I think this is a good development for our nation. It's not a bad development that a former president is being charged and may be held accountable for at least some of his crimes. I think it moves us one or two steps away from being the banana republic. It feels like we were becoming when we have rules in place like you can't indict a criminal sitting president. And it seemed like nobody was willing to indict a criminal former president. Well, never again can somebody say, we can't indict a former president for his crimes because there's no precedent. It's never been done before. Well, now it has been done. There is precedent. And the next precedent will be the president, former president, being tried for his crimes and convicted of his crimes and sentenced for his crimes. And if there's any justice in America, imprisoned for his crimes upon conviction. Because justice matters. Friends, it is a good day for our republic. Coming up next, Glenn discusses how Trump's first indictment will make way for others to follow. This is Justice Matters. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. According to Glenn, the first Donald Trump indictment sets a precedent for more to be brought forth. Will other prosecutors cooperate and follow suit now that the first indictment in New York has broken the ice? Here's Glenn. So, friends, we now know that Donald Trump will have his first court appearance, his arraignment, on Tuesday. You know, friends, I teach criminal justice students at George Washington University. Each semester I teach 50-plus students in a class 
called the Criminal Justice System Arrest Through Appeal. And it is my privilege, it is my honor to teach these young students. And frankly, they leave me optimistic for our nation's future. And I'll bet if you ask the students I've taught, and I've been teaching for years now, if you ask them this one question, I'll bet they would all give you the same answer. How does Professor Kirshner refer to the arraignment hearing? That is the first court hearing a defendant has in a criminal case. I'll bet they would all say the same thing. He calls it the first eyeball to eyeball between the judge and the defendant. And that's what the arraignment hearing is. It is the first eyeball to eyeball meeting between the judge and the defendant. And that is often the first time that for the defendant, it becomes very real. Well, here's what we now know about Donald Trump's first eyeball to eyeball with the judge in New York. This from the Independent. Court officially confirms date and time for Trump arraignment. And the article begins, the date and time of the court hearing for the arraignment of former President Donald Trump have been confirmed by the court and will take place on Tuesday, April 4th at 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time. A Manhattan grand jury voted on Thursday to indict former President Donald Trump for falsifying business records in connection to a 2016 hush money payment to porn actress Stormy Daniels for her to remain silent about a 2006 affair she claims to have had with Mr. Trump, an allegation he denies. It has been reported that Mr. Trump faces more than 30 criminal counts. So friends, in the days before the indictment was announced, I think we all had a sense that it was coming. So I sat down, I put pen to paper, and I tried to write down my thoughts about what it might mean for our nation to have the first former president of the United States indicted for his crimes. So I pre-wrote a piece in the days leading up to the indictment. I write for MSNBC Daily. I submitted it. It made its way through the editing process. Yes, my work typically needs lots and lots of editing, even though I was a journalism major undergrad. And then MSNBC Daily held it and was prepared to run it um, when and if Donald Trump was indicted. So once the announcement came out that Donald Trump had been indicted, within minutes this piece went up on MSNBC's website. And what I'd like to do with your kind indulgence is just take a few minutes to read it to you because this is what I think it means to see for the first time a former president of the United States who is actually being held accountable for his crimes, who has now been indicted and will stand trial for his crimes. Title, Why Trump's Indictment is Only the Beginning. And it begins with the indictment of Donald Trump by a New York state grand jury, a legal barrier has been broken. A maiden legal voyage has set sail. The most important takeaway is this. A president of the United States will never again rest comfortably in the belief that he or she can commit crimes with impunity.
This is an important development for our republic. Our nation has long suffered from the absence of accountability for presidential crimes. Most notably, President Gerald Ford decided that former President Richard Nixon should not be held accountable for his crimes in office. Ford claimed his decision was for the good of the country, to help the country heal. This reasoning always struck me as a career prosecutor as a cruel joke. In 30 years, I never once told a crime victim that I was going to help them heal by declining to prosecute their perpetrator. Announcing that you are declining to prosecute crime in the name of healing is a perversion of justice. Of course, an indictment is only the first step toward accountability. Enormous challenges lie ahead. Trump's legal team undoubtedly will wage a scorched earth defense. And outside the court of law, we can expect Trump loyalists to wage battles in the court of public opinion, most likely deploying both facts and alternative facts. America cannot yet breathe easy as justice is still well off on the horizon. Another likely consequence of this precedent-setting indictment is that it increases the odds that additional indictments will follow. I have long maintained that no prosecutor wants to be the first to charge a former president of the United States. As we are seeing now, the first indictment attracts the white-hot glare of media attention from around the world. And some of that attention can be downright dangerous. We cannot ignore that Trump and many of his associates have unleashed a level of hate and violence once thought impossible, or at least unacceptable, in a civilized society. With entreaties to his supporters such as, fight like hell or you won't have a country anymore, Trump has made violence in the quest for power not just acceptable, but fashionable. One only need look to the reporting by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution about how, on the day former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn testified before the Georgia State Grand Jury investigating Trump's election crimes, law enforcement authorities brought in a bomb-sniffing dog, and the Fulton County Courthouse was guarded by sheriffs, deputies, and marshals carrying automatic weapons. The prospect of violence coming to jurisdictions and to prosecution teams who pursue criminal charges against Trump cannot be ignored. Now, prosecutors are not monolithic, but we do tend to be a fairly competitive bunch. I have seen a phenomenon that becomes relevant here when defendants commit crimes in multiple jurisdictions. Once prosecutors in one jurisdiction bring charges, prosecutors in other involved jurisdictions will often feel a greater sense of urgency to indict the same defendant to address the crimes committed in their jurisdictional backyards. This is not only human nature, prosecutors also have constituents to whom they are responsible. This is most directly at play for district attorneys who face the prospect of running for re-election. Federal prosecutors, 
are not elected, but in a very real sense, they represent the interests of the American people in criminal prosecutions. Based on public reporting alone, prosecutors in other jurisdictions, Fulton County, Georgia, and the federal inquiries under Special Prosecutor Jack Smith, have ample evidence to charge Trump. Recall, for example, that a federal judge in California, David Carter, ruled there was enough evidence to conclude that Trump and lawyer John Eastman committed two federal felonies in trying to challenge the 2020 election results, obstructing an official congressional proceeding and conspiracy to defraud the United States. The New York indictment will ratchet up the pressure on federal prosecutors and prosecutors in Georgia, including Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis, to hold Trump accountable for the crimes he seems to have committed in their jurisdictions. An indictment is never a celebratory affair. It is simply a necessary step on the road to justice. But the indictment of a former president of the United States will send a necessary message, a powerful message, indeed a potentially democracy-saving message. Gone are the days when presidents are given carte blanche to commit crimes with impunity. This historic development is a move toward fulfilling the words of what had begun to feel like a hollow promise, that no man is above the law. Today's indictment prods that mantra into wakefulness and provides some modicum of hope for a resurgence of accountability for the crimes of a former president. And having some hope, some realistic hope that accountability will come for Donald Trump, like justice, matters. Friends, thank you for indulging me those few minutes to try to explain as best I'm able what I think it means that a former president of the United States will be held accountable for his crimes. He has been indicted. He will be tried. So we are now moving from the investigative phase of this hellscape that Donald Trump has created for all of us to what will now become the Trump trials. And we're here for all of it. Friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters. Hear that? That's the sound of change being cooked up in our schools. Each day, school food professionals throughout California are working to make better meals for our kids, one tray at a time. These meal planning, sauce stirring, taste bud training professionals are making food for students from kindergarten to high school using fresher ingredients and flavors kids love. The secret ingredient to better school food in California? The dedicated professionals who are improving it every day. Learn more about how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.